Jesus said to his disciples, To you who hear, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. To the person who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well. And from the person who takes your cloak, do not withhold even your tunic. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from the one who takes what is yours, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. But rather, love your enemies and do good to them, and lend expecting nothing back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Stop judging, you will not be judged. Stop condemning, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and gifts will be given to you. A good measure, packed together, shaken down and overflowing, will be poured into your lap. For the measure with which you measure will in turn be measured out to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus. So as you can tell, we're having to rule with it. Our sound system has been acting up over the past couple days. I thought I had fixed it this afternoon, but alas, apparently I have failed yet again. So as we read in today's gospel, I was thinking earlier this week, and I think I've mentioned it in homilies before, of this story from my time in Europe, whenever I did a nine-day silent retreat in Ars, France, where St. John Vianney served for so many years and became the patron of parish priest. During my time there and on this island retreat, there's this one part of this talk that the priest that was leading our retreat said that has just stuck with me over the years. And that is that he was sharing that one of the things that as he observed what outsiders observed about Christians, that it came down ultimately to two things that made them stand out. Two things. First, their care for the poor. The poor were nobody during Roman times. The reason why you were poor is because either you had put yourself there or the gods had smiled upon you unkindly and they were torturing you, essentially. And so the fact that Christians cared for the poor was seen as revolutionary and as rather odd and in fact even sometimes just downright disrespectful. And then the other thing he noted was their chastity, that Christians valued celibacy so highly because in Roman culture, having children was seen as the height. A woman made her worth by giving children to her husband. And in so many ways, so that so many Christian women decided to act as virgins and to stay virgins for life, stood out to the Roman culture around them, and yet again, was also something seen as weird, but also downright dangerous. And the reason I bring these things up is because in last week's gospel, we heard the Beatitudes, 
And many of the early fathers of the church, and then also of the likes of Bishop Barron, note that the Beatitudes, that the Beatitudes are the new Torah. They are the new law. They are the Lord's new communication of what his gospel, what his law will be like. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are you whenever they persecute you. Whenever we look at that reality, this week it's a continuation of that laying out of the new Christian law. And the fact of the matter is that this Christian law separates us from everyone else. It makes us different. It makes us distinct. And it is what separates us. Unlike the Jewish precepts of the law, by which they were separated by circumcision, dress, hairdos, and the like, now it is the behavior, the charity, the way in which Christians live which marks them out and which was noted by that priest so long ago in ours that noted that what stuck out to the Roman people, to the people surrounding Christians in, their first cent- in the first centuries of Christianity was their behavior. It was not their looks, as one of the apostolic fathers put it. As Christians, we are part of the world, but not of the world. And I bring this up because it is so important for us to reflect. Are we living this out? The Lord lays out for us what we are supposed to do. Do to others as you would have them do to you. For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And then he continues on. And if you do good, and what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend money to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners and get back the same amount. What is the Lord getting at here? The Lord is getting at the fact that we are supposed to be distinctly different. Do we actually live differently as Christians? Would somebody pick us out and say, that's a Catholic, that's a Christian, just by the way we act? This is even what St. Josemaria Escriva tried to bring about whenever he was talking about Opus Dei. It's always, always very hidden. The fact you're even Catholic among Opus Dei is always something that's kind of protected until later on in a friendship. And the reason is because he wants, wanted people to ask, what's different about this individual? Why do they have peace? Why are they cheerful? Why do they act in this way? And as that question was asked, then they can invite them into a relationship. And I think this is something important for us to reflect upon as a parish, too. How often do we hear gossip, bickering? How often do we pick fights among ourselves? Is that not what we do at work? Is that not what we do everywhere else? Is that not what every group of cl- and club ever does? Bicker, complain among themselves about leadership, about those around them, back-talking. You see, we mark ourselves just out like everybody else. What we want to make us distinctive is oftentimes just simply superficial. But instead, the Lord invites us to go deeper, to dig deep within our hearts. Do we desire to live differently? Do we fight the tendency to gossip, to bicker among ourselves, so that whenever we go to work and the gossip begins, we at least don't participate 
and maybe even attempt to put a stop to it, and thus living differently. And I think so often something that, you know, as I've often noted even in my bulletin articles, an area that is difficult for me is that, as St. Josemaria always told his followers, the best mortification is cheerfulness. The best thing you can do is to simply grin and bear it oftentimes, to not make your suffering a burden for others. And again, this is something that's difficult for me to live out. But it is something that is important for us to reflect upon. Because I think as we journey into the new era with beacons of light, we have to ask ourselves, how do we want to be defined? How do we want to attract people to the church? Is it simply the personality of a priest? We now have four, so good luck with that. Is it simply going to be some sort of arbitrary details? Or is it going to be that we bring about conversion because we ourselves have been converted? Because we ourselves have become followers? Because we ourselves have experienced God's love and it has transformed the way that we live, the way that we love, and the way that we see everything? This is a challenge that we have before us. The Lord lays out for us a new law, a new law to not act as everyone around us. Stop judging and you will not be judged. Stop condemning and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and gifts will be given to you. The great paradox of our faith is that as we lose our life for Christ's sake, we obtain it. As we're hated for his sake, we, are, we obtain greater joy and a greater friendship with him. As we live differently, so we begin to draw people to the church, draw people to the heart of our Lord, not because of any sort of superficial feature, but instead because we live differently, because we have a peace and a joy that the world cannot take away. This is a challenge that we all have before us, again, myself included. It is something that is laid out before each and every one of us. To begin pushing each other. Yes, even fraternal correction, calling each other out. How about we stop that gossip? How about we stop that bickery? How about we love? It is in this challenge that then we receive a new hope. A hope that the new era that we are embarking upon as an archdiocese is not dependent upon me, not dependent upon priests, not even dependent upon you. But instead, it is simply dependent upon the Lord's work within our hearts to transform our lives and to draw all people to himself.